Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. I'm Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Carrie Kloss, Vice President and General Manager of AI Training Products Group at Intel. Welcome to the program, Carrie. Thanks for having me. So, Carrie, this is an exciting day, and I can't wait to get to our topic. But before we do, since this is the first time that you're on Chip Chat, can you just provide some background on your role at Intel and the scope of products that you oversee for the company? Sure. I came into Intel through the Nirvana acquisition a couple of years ago. I was the first employee at Nirvana, and I ran the hardware group designing our Nirvana neural network architecture. And so at Intel so far, I've run the engineering for both of our NNP products, NNPT and NNPI. They're both dedicated deep learning data center products, one for training and one for inference. And then recently, I stepped into more of a vertical role, and I own everything that has to do with the training product, including planning and business and still engineering as well. Awesome. And we're going to get into details on that product. But first, I wanted to talk to you about how we've seen deep learning workloads evolve over the last several years. And what does that evolution mean for the way that we've approached delivering innovation in this space? That's a great question. Uh, Five years ago, when we first started Nirvana, one of the big neural nets for images was AlexNet. And if you think back to the day, nowadays, just five years later, AlexNet is more of a historical neural net. If you look at AlexNet, it had a whopping five convolutional layers followed by two fully connected layers. Anyone who studied any deep learning probably started with that. Today's models are much, much bigger and much, much deeper. So on the convolutional side, we've now got ResNet 50, and that's kind of a smallish benchmark model with 53 layers compared to that original seven. And the ResNet architecture actually goes much deeper. You can get to ResNet 101 or ResNet 152. So that's a big change. But on the non-image side, on the natural language processing side, what we've seen just in the last year, year and a half, is a massive explosion in size in terms of the number of parameters. Recently, BERT Large came out with 300 million parameters But all around the same time, we also have Transformer, Transformer 5B with 5 billion parameters, GPT-2 with 1.5 billion parameters. And so the challenge for these big models, the many billions of parameters, is just the size of the weight is so large that you can't fit it on a single die anymore or a single HBM-based die. So what we've done for the Nirvana architecture is we've made sure that you have seamless scaling die to die. You can send data very, very quickly at very high bandwidth between the dies gluelessly. And so that way you can, if you're running a smaller problem like ResNet 50, you can use one die or two dies or three dies. And if you're running one of the biggest problems that don't fit on a single chip, you can easily scale out to 8, 32, or even 1,000 chips to work on the same problem. Now, we have made some incredible progress since you joined Intel and the delivery of the NNPT solution. Can you tell me about what we've delivered in terms of the Intel Nirvana NNPT and how it addresses the challenge that you've talked about? 
The NNPT is currently in the lab after a couple of years. We are going to customers next month. The nice thing about the neural nets is that even though they've gotten bigger and deeper, the core operations are still mostly the same. Everything can still be expressed as linear algebra. And so if you look at our AI accelerator, it's basically a linear algebra accelerator with some tweaks for deep learning. The key features that enable it to be good at current and future neural nets are the large amount of multipliers, native convolutional and or matrix multiply blocks, and then the flexibility to handle almost any linear algebra. So looking at the challenges of the deep and large models, I talked a second ago about the CERTES, or the high-speed links between the die. So what we determined is that even with a big pile of multipliers on a piece of silicon, and even with the fastest possible DRAM, which right now is HBM, a high bandwidth memory, you can still become memory-bound fairly regularly in these networks. And so the key architectural tweak that we use in order to get high utilization of our multipliers is that we make sure that you don't have to go to the HBM more than once for each piece of data. Now, obviously, that doesn't happen all the time, but as often as possible, we keep the weights in our large SRAM on die, and we only go to the memory you know, very few times for each piece of data, even on the problems that are larger than the memory size. And then furthermore, we enable each processing element to send data directly to the 30s links. So we don't bother the memory subsystem when we're sending data chip to chip. A key feature of our architecture is the balance between the ONDI SRAM, the number of ONDI multipliers, and the high-speed ONDI and OFDI interconnects. We think we've hit the right amount of SRAM in order to make sure that the multipliers are kept fed all the time, and also to enable us to go to the HBMs less for each piece of data. So because of the sheer amount of bandwidth we have and the very low latency, we expect that the NNPT will scale to larger numbers of chips with much better utilization, uh, almost linear scaling out to our full pod size of 512 or 1,000 chips. Obviously, the architecture is incredibly critical, but also ensuring that software can access that architecture is critical. What have we done to build out the underpinnings of software optimizations and software compatibility for the NNPT's introduction? That's a great question. A lot of these products, in fact, the NNPTs are more software than hardware these days. But that being said, the nice thing about deep learning is that the interface to the data scientists is almost always through a standardized framework. So you've probably heard about TensorFlow or PyTorch or PaddlePaddle. All of the data scientists will write code that sits on top of one of these key frameworks. And what we need to do at Intel is make sure that the software between the framework and the hardware is seamless. And so what we've done for the NNPT is we've used a key technology called NGraph, which enables us to write one bridge for each framework and one transformer, we call it, for each piece of hardware. And we don't have to directly optimize every pair of framework and hardware backend. So we can use this one graph compiler in between the frameworks and different hardware substrates 
to give our users a seamless experience, regardless of what framework and what piece of Intel hardware they're using. Specifically for the NNPT, we'll support Paddle Paddle and TensorFlow. And then we'll support a subset of models. I mentioned BERT before and Transformer, ResNet 50, uh, one or two others. And then throughout 2020, we'll continue to add support for more frameworks, more models. I would assume that our initial targets here are aimed at many of the largest users of AI today, which would be our cloud service provider customers. Where do you see this product going short term? And then how do you see NMPT hitting the market long term in terms of the expansion of use of AI across all of our customer segments? Uh, initially, you're right. Intel's customers who have deployed the most AI and monetized it are the big cloud service providers. I think that's true really throughout the industry. There are some very advanced healthcare companies and some other advanced pockets of enterprise, but we're still at the beginning uh, days of deep learning. The NNPT, both because of that and because it's a new product to the market, will be initially targeted at our biggest cloud service provider customers. Long term, as we go to our next product line, we're right on the trend of the broader expansion of AI. So our follow-on product should be deployed much more broadly across enterprise and CSPs. How do you see this product fitting in with our larger portfolio and working with our full data-centric portfolio to deliver the most value? It's a journey for each customer. But when the customer gets a little further along in their AI journey and they have bigger and bigger data sets to train, that's when they're going to move to a product like the NNPT for training. So for each customer, they have to weigh how much training they want to do versus how much general compute they want to do. And as they move through their AI journey, there will be a point where they shift from generalized compute to dedicated compute for training. Right now, most inference is done on Xeon. But for those customers who are far enough along their AI path that they are doing 24-7 inference on dedicated clusters, the NNPI will allow them to do that at much lower power and much lower total cost of ownership. Thank you so much for being on the program today, Carrie. It's been a real pleasure. And congratulations to you and the team for such an amazing delivery for Intel and for our customers. If folks want to find out more about the Nirvana Neural Network processors and what we're delivering to the market for AI, where would you send them for more information? Uh, Hopefully it's easy to remember. You can just go to www.intel.ai. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 